Yeah, so uh, I am privileged to have the honor of talking to a good friend of mine who I haven't talked to in a while, but who has also seen Thor and agreed after I texted him that I really, 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 really wanted to talk about this movie, but we didn't want to spoil it in our normal podcast. So I have Jay from An Elegant Weapon here to discuss all things Thor Ragnarok. Jay, man, how's it going? It's going wonderfully, Tony. Thank you so much for asking me to get together and do this. I did, in fact, uh, review the the movie the other night. I don't know if you're aware, but on my podcast, I'm doing 30 podcasts in 30 days. Yes, I did, and I did see I already reviewed it, and I'm like, oh, man. But, but it was only like a 10-minute review with my 6-year-old son. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't super in depth. Well, I was so one, I get to get a little more in depth about it. Good because I was curious about that because I was like, I wonder how much his son like went for for that. And I meant to re- listen to it before this to to see get some ideas from what your son might have thought. But I mean, I'm sure you can uh, bring them on board now and let me know. But man, this movie was amazing. It was fun, man. It was pretty rock and roll. Um, the whole way through i like just how there was it was quick it was fast paced which i prefer in a comic book movie you know well what did you think of the um going from how thor the thor movies were like they're you know all the marvel movies what sets them apart is they've been part drama a little bit of comedic timing here and there i mean starting even with iron man and and throughout all the movies but this was i say guardians of galaxy level laughs and it was a departure from the other thor movies did i mean obviously enjoyed the movie but did that take you away at first no because they're they've been steadily going this way i mean i think it started with ant-man you know because ant-man was almost a straight-up comedy oh true and you know then guardians just took it to a whole new level and then this seems to have taken it to yet another level so it's the way Marvel's gone with things. I think they've made so many movies, what, 17 maybe or something at this point, that there's gonna be there's gonna be flows and ebbs and flows of, you know, different retro times that are popular, you know? Like you there was a time we couldn't have pulled off this kind of comedy in a comic book movie. But now, you know, it's it's things are going very Jack Kirby and very rock and roll and very seventies flash, you know? So it kind of suits the look that they're going for too, but oh. it's something very different. I mean, I really, really enjoyed the movie, but not necessarily in my top five because just I don't, I don't know, I don't need as much as the comedy, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we now have the big three: Iron Man, Cap, and um, now Thor. The original Avengers now have their all th- three of them have three movies behind them, and I mean, I, I will always go back to the original Iron Man as being my favorite because that set up everything, and I thought it was very good to the comic. And But this one, though, I'm a huge Thor fan. Me and my brother growing up reading... Oh, yeah, you've always been big Thor guy. Well, big, big like, uh, Viking and, and, you know, Norwegian-type, you know, cultures, you know, and... Really, I I read a lot of Greek mythology when I was younger, and so going into even Norse mythology, I was like, "Whoa, this is this is cool too." And 
this guy's got a magical hammer. And, and so when the comic books, that really got me and my brother involved. So I guess I'd have to ask you, how much of the comic lore do you know of Thor? I mean, I was quite familiar with it just from, you know, being around all my friends. I had a couple of friends who read Thor and you just, you kind of can't help but absorb the stories, whether you read them or not. So familiar enough. I've learned a few things here or there since the movie came out because of, you know, watching YouTube videos or whatever kind of other silly nonsense. I really enjoyed the other two Thor movies. Even the second one, I enjoyed. And they felt very epic. And I know it wasn't the best of them, but I didn't think it was a bad movie. Well, that's true. Iron Man 2 sucked too. I thought the portal shit was great. I thought just the, the, the... what it took to choreograph all those fights and action scenes with all those portals flying around yeah. doing different things was, you know, I thought it was a, it was a well-crafted movie, you know, but it, it had that really great tone to it. But I mean, the thing about this Thor movie is even though the character of Thor, they changed so drastically from being his typical Thorish self the the world and the environment that he's in almost went more Thor than anything else has as far as Thor lore and history and characters and, you know, storylines that were brought in from the past. Like, this definitely felt the most Thorish, even though Thor himself wasn't your typical Thor. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, and, and very much so, though. Like, this is all got to give credit to... Uh... Taiki uh, Watiti, the director who had this vision for how this movie should be, and he nailed it. Have you? Do you know of any of his works or what he's done before? I've heard of them since. I haven't seen anything that he's done before, but I know he was involved with Flight of the Concords, who I'm a big fan of. But the the weird thing is to me is yeah, it's it's really funny and well done, but it. You know, it it feels so Guardians to me. And I don't mean this to be a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just mean there's a lot of talk about how and crazy and incredible nobody expected how good it was going to be in this style and everything. But it's like he saw Guardians and said, I can do that. I can do that with Thor. True. Yeah. Well, you know, like, I, I really don't see a big difference between this this movie is is right there and on par with with guardians at least guardians 2 to me i mean guardians 1's maybe my top 3 marvel movies oh i'm so, glad to hear that 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 one is know. a good one and 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 yes i agree with you what you're saying cuz i was even kind of saying but i would have to say from his works i mean with flight of the concords um i've said it before uh what we do in shadows which is in, on Amazon Prime right now. If you haven't watched that, it is the most hilarious documentary of vampires. Um, I mean, it's made to be a comedy of as if vampires are real. He he has a, a talent for just having nonstop jokes, gags, things in the background that I don't feel that he stole like from, but he definitely saw that there was an opportunity after having seen Guardians and and seeing that work well with the general audience. Well, I'm surprised everybody seems so surprised that this worked so well because it kind of makes sense. And, you know, like he did a fantastic job. And if he's a funny guy, that's great. But it's like, 
I, I don't get the surprise by it all. If you let a funny guy make a Thor movie, this is the kind of Thor movie you're going to get, you know, especially after Guardians when you see what's possible with it, right? Like, oh, yeah. You know, I don't know if people forget how funny Guardians actually is, you know? Now, uh, you know, it's called Thor Ragnarok, so obviously they were setting up Ragnarok. Within the comics. Ragnarok's happened multiple times. It's, it's known as the cycle. The gods die, and then they're reborn. And there have been some right. significant ones throughout the years that I've, I felt that they... Here, the comic book fan in me has a long time ago given We're going up, with spoilers on this, I guess, too, right? We should warn everybody. I don't oh, think we've sh- given anything away, really, but we oh. should mention... Oh, for sure. Spoilers. When I redo my intro, I'm definitely going to say all spoilers. We're talking about this movie for sure. But um, I've I've felt now that I I need to go to everything with with an open eye of Odin and really uh, try to take in all these movies for the the differences from the comic books. They can't always be 100%, and it's like a different universe. However, some things... I felt would have been good and easy to do and whether that's you know introduce I think they're sometimes afraid to introduce major characters of like a Pathion or like another superhero just to die right away like it'd be a nod to those fans because how always the original Ragnarok was supposed to go is like you know they're going to be fight in fighting amongst everyone and then Loki was going to trick, like, the blind uh, god Hodor to kill Balder with mistletoe, which all seems a little silly, but from the comic books, it was kind of epic. And if they would have just... And then after that, Helmdel, you know, blows a horn, and it pretty much starts the the cycle of everything. And in those things, it's had different iterations throughout the years, but those kind of maintained through the different Ragnarok stories that they've had within the comic books. So I felt really... Um, not like I didn't get what I was looking forward to with the Ragnarok. I mean, the ending was great and we'll get to that uh, a little bit later, but I felt the setup, the beginning of it was a little forced. Well, you don't have the option of issue after issue to set up or introduce and characters and, and plot and stuff. So they kind of have to streamline things a little in the well, movies, which is understandable. But I mean, like they combined a lot now but you know i don't know as a guy who isn't as familiar with the stories i don't think it felt very forced i felt i felt it all happened quick i feel like we haven't known asgard too long yeah that you know? yeah, like, that's true <laughs> like you know we, we haven't spent a lot of time there and it seems like the time that we have has either been on the rainbow bridge or in odin's throne throne room pretty much but you know, I guess there was the time in, when Loki was in the basement, and the, actually, yeah, the elves invaded. So we have spent some time, but yeah, I, I and I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we I felt like we've spent definitely more time within within the movie, kind of with uh, what Helmdale was doing, uh, you know, trying to save other Asgardians, and I thought that was kind of refreshing to kind of see some back ends, some of a little bit of what this world yeah. is, because yeah, we only saw really two areas in the other movies i thought for sure he was gonna bite it oh yeah um i thought for sure but he made it through didn't he 
But yeah, yeah, he he was one of the few. Heimdall survived in the end, and I swore that he would bite it in this movie. I I done just with all the rumors of Idris Elba being done with it and shit, you know. And I I have to say, like one of the big things that I liked about this movie was like Odin in the comic books. Like they kind of portrayed him very powerful in the movies, but they didn't really show how powerful he is because he didn't do much. Now, in the comic books back in the day, he just showed up and, like, fixed everything. Like, oh, I'll turn back time. Or, oh, my son Thor's in trouble again. I'll do this. So, like, yeah, back... Yeah, he never showed off his power as much as he did in the comics, for sure. Yep, and a big thing back in the day, uh, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee came up with this term called uh, the Odin sleep. It was a way to right. kind of nerf him, to give him, like, he has to replenish his powers, which then gave, at least in the comic books... Thor actual some real people that he could fight in maybe life and death situations and I thought that just is brilliant writing in and of itself and then of course you can kill him and then he's died multiple well, he times well he said the Odin sleep in the last movie right oh yeah well yeah yeah he went into the Odin sleep in the last movie and that's when his mom bit the dust yep Yep. And then at the end, he's all you see the tear running down his eye, and that's when he actually does come and save the fucking day and shit. So, <laughs> and I, I will, I, just because I want to talk about some of the other, you know, a little bit of the story plot lines, um, I would be remiss if I didn't explain. What hey, I, I'm sorry, I'm just realizing something. What though. I want to, I, I got to say this before I forget it, but we've seen a Thor clip. From Infinity War, right? Yeah. Did you see the clip when he, when he lands on the Guardian ship and then they mm -hmm. bring him inside and he's like, "Who the hell are you guys?" Yep. Did he have his eye patch? No, and that's even a couple things. And this is what I'm actually loving about uh, movies. I can't remember one of the ones I saw this past uh, summer. I was trying to remember it before recording. Was th they are now. Filming extra scenes and oh, it was it was actually wasn't the summer. It was uh, the Rogue One when they had all those scenes in the trailers that didn't end up showing up, like Darth Vader's uh, Tie Fighter showing up at the top of the tower and everything. Like, they're the, the studios are now putting in things to throw us for the loop because in the trailers for uh, Thor when he gets the like lightning power, the Odin power. And he lands on the the Bifrost Bridge. Yeah, he's, he's got, got both blue eyes. eyes, and so there's also a couple other scenes like where Hela destroys his uh, hammer wasn't in that field; it was in uh, Asgard, as if she just showed that up there. Actually, no, that actually wasn't on purpose. They actually originally that scene was going to be in New York. That background is New York. Oh, is it? Okay. And then he he decided it didn't work because of the background and stuff. So he decided to change it, but I, you, what you're saying is true. They are doing lots of weird stuff. So I wonder if they shot that just to throw us off. Then, and I'm wondering if they shot it for, it. if they shot for the posters and everything for Infinity War to not give away what's happening in this. Like he's gonna have yeah, show up with an right. eye. I mean, it'd be weird if he showed up with two eyes. I was surprised that they went through with that. They're like, you know, we're taking your eye. See you later. Yeah, yeah. Give us your eye. Uh, yeah, I was surprised they actually stuck with that. That was cool, though. Now, one now, I just want to circle back to, to something a little bit later. Because uh, I, I, for what I've recently started doing uh, is 
actually writing notes because my head gets so jumbled with all these stories from back in the day that I'm like, <laughs> I actually might need to have some notes just to be able to make a coherent sentence. I mean, if you ever listen to my podcast, it's really Tony jumbles words a lot. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I want to kind of go to uh, first by talking about uh, Kate Blanchett. And I've never felt like she is a beautiful actress, like when she was uh, Galadriel, like beautiful, but I never felt that she was that beautiful. But her as Hella, holy shit. I mean, oh, yeah, hello, hello, float your boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I thought she gothic Shakespeare's sister Susie Sue look going on. Yep, and and I felt that she did an amazing betrayal, sort of. And she had fun. Now, yes, but why I say sort of is this is kind of the one thing where they took almost. Uh, I I haven't even seen anyone talking about it now within the you know blogosphere of the internets. Uh, of like her kind of story that I felt that she just took more recently from the comic book world is she is not in the comic books Odin's daughter and not a long lost uh, person. She's the god. Well, yeah, her right. She's the her goddess. In the of death. movie is like an amalgamation of three different characters, right? Uh, I would say two. I mean, like I want to say is her father is Loki from a past right. reincarnation. She was given, you know, the realm of death. Like, I tried to explain to some of my friends who don't even know comic books. Like, the big thing that you could say Hela was, which they can more relate to, is Hades within Greek mythology. He was there. He uh, sometimes plotted, but he also had his job to do, which was oversee the dead. And right. making her straight up the bad guy that they didn't know, it, it was a way for the, to introduce someone that they that the general audience had never seen, but I felt it was a little like, you know, cause there was a hidden daughter though, right? Like Thor yep. has a hidden sister. Yep. Right? And that came about in original sin. Um, it was uh, about the, the 10th realm of heaven. And that is when Angela, who, uh, from, uh, Neil Gaiman, who created, uh, her within the spawn universe, there was a long legal battle of, of him trying to get the rights of Angela and then Marvel kind of backing him and then buying it from him. This was a way that they created her to come within the Marvel universe. And it was interesting. Um, a little bit forgettable. I mean, she's, she has her own like series, like, um, well, she had her own series, you know, agent, uh, assassin of Asgard and everything. And she's a cool character within the Marvel universe now, it kind of throws away the whole nine realms, though, now that there's a tenth realm. But also, it, yeah. the, everything that was kind of uh, shown with Hela here was kind of that story arc within the comics. Right. And then there's also Death herself, who See, Thanos falls in love with. I don't... And there's a lot of theories that, that Hela is going to be the one that Thanos falls in love with, because she's pretty much Death herself, right? I don't see that happening, but then again, I am starting to maybe warm up to that. I mean, the biggest reason not is, I mean, she's not, she's the god of death. Like, she is not death herself. Right, death is, right, right, right. is a presence within in the universe, which is an endless presence. Um, so I don't, maybe he does take a liking to her if she does show up. 
But I, I, I think that he he's more or less the personification of death. But I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. I mean, she doesn't. Like, ever... I just hope his whole motive, his whole motivation for all this, is not just simply to conquer. You know, like yeah, there's something, a little something more behind it. Because having that element of him being in love with death is pretty cool. Because it's a, it's like it brings that kind of heart, like in, uh, like in Batman when they in the animated series when they gave Mister Freeze the background of having his sick frozen wife right oh yeah and you know it gives it this human element that even though dark side or dark side sorry thanos <laughs> uh even though thanos is inhuman it still it gives that element to you know he's doing it for something even if it's something as twisted as being in love with death right yeah it's just kind of fucking of a metal idea so it, well, I hope they do something, and it's not just I want to conquer. Yeah. Speaking of Thanos, they they fixed uh, a continuity error uh, that had happened, which was you we already saw within the first Thor that Infinity Gauntlet there in the throne room, and everyone's like, "Whoa, geez, oh, he's got the Infinity Gauntlet!" But then at the end of uh, Age of Ultron, when they showed Thanos, he already had the glove. So how did he get the glove? And that simple. He's got a lot of knockoff stuff down here, like trinkets, and just knocks it over. I thought was ingenious of the writers to be able to do that. Well, you know what else could have been done, interestingly yeah. enough, is mm -hmm. that if you notice, both of those gloves are each different hands. Yeah. Like, the, the one Thanos puts on is a left-hander, and the one that's in Thor's or in yeah. Odin's treasure room is a right-hander. Yeah, so, so they also could have come up with some kind of cool story where they were a pair of gloves. But, yes, yeah, still an ingenious way to actually fix the continuity within the movies. I will say one you know, thing, and my brother pointed it out to me, which it, I, this is the only bad thing, I think, non-logical from the writing standpoint. It was great when it happened. I mean, we're kind of jumping all around of the movie, but we're kind of trying to stick to themes here, and it was... At the end, when Loki sees the um, Tesseract, which is the space gem, he obviously yeah. had to have grabbed it before, uh, you know. Had to have, yeah. But that is the space gem. So when Hela was saying she needed the sword for the Rainbow Bridge to conquer Earth, she had the space gem. So she could have technically gotten out of there. She wasn't trapped in Asgard. That's true, because she did see it. Because she, after she tipped over the gauntlet, she was like, no, that's kind of nice when she saw the Tesseract. You know what, though? Actually, well, so I, actually, you know what? Either of them could have it. Even though Loki took that moment to look at it, or I guess she would have taken it and would have been there when he saw it. But he had to have taken it, or... It's as simple as that that explosion didn't do anything to it. Maybe it's just floating in space because... No, he, he looked you know, at it. He grabbed it. And this it will bring it to Earth then so we have all the gems on Earth. But now that I'm thinking of it, though, maybe it wasn't a continuity error because there's powerful artifacts in the world. Hell, half the Avengers didn't even know what these gems were. Maybe she just didn't know what it did. I mean, simple as that. Doesn't the Collector still have the ether? Yep, he has the ether. The... Um, the Nova uh, core has the one from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so there's right. three. We have... Where was Vision. The, Vision has one in his forehead. 
That's four. The eye of I have Megan. I uh, have Agamemnon. Yep. Oh yeah. Strings. So that's the times that. So there's a sixth one, and here's the thing that a lot of people are talking about is, it's got to be in Thor. It's got to be in Thor, and everyone was thinking it was going to be behind Odin's eye, without even knowing any of these. Uh, you know, the what right. was going to happen in the movie. I kept saying going into this, and I'm pretty much proven right. It's going to show up in Black Panther. So we have there's still one missing. Yeah, there's six gems. I can't believe there's one missing. It's the soul gem. And the reason for this... So going with all the gems, Adam Warlock uh, originally had the soul gem, and that's the most powerful, even though it seems like it's weak because it's just your soul, but he was so in tune with it, and that's why he's Thanos' big arch-nemesis superhero. But where I felt for the longest time they were going to place it is in Wakanda. Because we do have one more movie coming out before Avengers, and that is Black Panther, which, by the way, looks fucking amazing. Did you see you know, the trailer? I don't know. Really? Yeah, I did, and it does look amazing, but I don't know about the gem being in it. Do you know a lot about Black Panther? Uh, not tons. Do you know that he speaks to his ancestors, and kind of that's a way that he gets his power? Right. So you speak to your ancestors... Through their yeah, souls. Th- through the soul gem, for yeah. sure. And I think that's the perfect place to just put it, to bring him more. I can't believe after all these movies, one's still missing. Well, and the, I don't see it being brought up in, in the in Infinity War, so it has to debut at least in Black Panther. At least. It's the last chance, right? Yeah, very much so. And it, it would fit well story plot-wise. If, you know, when people, just like the Eye of Agamotto becoming, you know, the, the time gem, like, that's not necessarily how the Eye of Agamotto is in the comics, but it was a cool, ingenious way for them to introduce that into uh, Doctor Strange without no one ever thinking that yeah. before the movie. In a way, it's almost like a chance for them to clean up the continuity from the comics, you know? It's almost like... You know, it's a chance to to streamline everything to actually make it make simpler sense. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Now, yeah, which is a good thing. Now, a couple of things within uh, this movie that I, I could see going forward is a, a solo Loki movie. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it would like happen. But now that he's kind of changing, Loki has changed multiple times, and he's not always been the the little twat that he portrays to be always. Uh, I mean, he's been Loki, agent of Asgard, which he was then reincarnated as a kid and really tried to be a good person and really helped out in a couple of the events. I, I, I want to see more of him. And here's another really? thing. Really? Yeah. I've had enough of him in a way. <laughs> Well, I, I like the... Like, I, like I, I'm not tired of him, but, like, it's just, like, how much more new can we see from Loki? I don't know. Like, if he turns one more time, I'll just be like, oh, there's Loki. Just turn him bad again, you know? Well, that's like, the thing. So you turn him actually good, so you keep thinking he's bad, but yet... Right now he seems good. Yeah. And we'll see what happens if he... What he does with that, with that gem, if he shares that or not. Although Dude, the fourth hmm. phase, phase four is going to be really interesting. It's going to be interesting how they have to deal with the fact that actors are going to get sick of doing these roles eventually. 
I just had an idea while recording with you about something that will happen when I get into my predictions of the future. I will share that with you. Um, I do want <laughs> to circle back to, because we haven't really even talked much of the plot of this movie, which is pretty much, well, Asgard dies. It's gone. No more rebuilding right. from the, the bricks, as, as Korg says. Which, by the way, he was the standout star of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And uh, and throughout this movie, we not only got a, a Ragnarok story, but we also got a Planet Hulk movie. Oh yeah. I mean there there were a, there were a lot of elements from Planet Hulk that I was more surprised how much they were able to cram in this movie. Um, obviously, needing some changes, but. Uh, being on Sakaar, uh, having the the gladiator fights, having the introduction of, you know, some of his war band, uh, it was really, like I said, it was really cool how they did it. There's um, on the the game master's uh, a giant uh, tower there. It was interesting to see some of the the heads that were being uh, created on it. Yeah. Did you, did you see? who some yeah, of them were. Beta Ray Bill was there. Yep, there was Man Thing. Man it, Thing was there, yeah. One looked like Ares, um, who from the you know Greek pantheon that they have crossover. Right, in the, right, right. And, and so I was like, those were just cool Easter eggs, cool nods that were in the movie. Um, now that really sold it, but you you've heard that there's going to be, you know... So multiple Hulk movies throughout the um, the the next couple of movies, right? No, I like, heard we'll we'll never get a we'll never get a solo Hulk movie again. No, but we will have a couple of them play out, and but they'll they'll keep putting him in movies for sure. Oh God, when he but felt we could be done with we could be done with Bruce Banner though, because remember he says this could be the last time. Like mm-hmm. Bruce Banner never may never came back, and now that he's changed, he was Hulk at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, and but I, see, this is I'm not a, as much as I enjoyed this movie and I found it entertaining and Hulk was funny and I love the relationship and everything. I'm not a fan of Taki Hulk. Like my Hulk, my favorite Hulk is still Edward Norton Incredible Hulk. That Hulk was badass. Well, and that's how I, that's how I like my Hulk. It's just a personal thing, you know. But I like my Hulk to be a raging, uncontrollable beast that has no fucking thought process, you know? But that's just me, I guess. Well, I... All right. Uh, really... What gives him his strength and what makes him the Hulk when he's angry? But there's been... In this movie, he isn't angry. There's multiple uh, different versions of the Hulk, which have varying power levels, have varying uh, brain activity. Oh, yeah, I don't know. but they're still not as good as the Raging Hulk, I think. Oh, no, but, I mean, I, I liked seeing, well, when he's in Planet Hulk, though, he'd start becoming a little bit smarter and a tactician and could speak more. I mean, really, you kind of need to have Hulk talk a little bit more if he's going to be, like, a co-buddy in the movie, but it's well, not... of course, if you're going to make him the co-star, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, it, but it's not, like, unheard of within the comic books. I mean, really... No, the... not at all. I'm still not a fan of it there or in the movies, though, is what I'm saying, just in general. Mm-hmm. Not this movie in particular at all. Like, even in the cartoons. Like, I hated that the Hulk cartoon with the Team Hulk. 
like Hulk puts a team together. Oh like, yeah, come on, <laughs> fuck off! Like, what do you mean he puts a team together? Like, he's the fucking Hulk. Let him just smash shit. Like, oh. there was a a yeah. couple. Well, obviously, I don't know why people say it's an Easter egg, but did you see Stan Lee's cameo? Like, it was blatantly yeah, was obvious. Yeah, the Willy Wonka music. Oh, that will that was fucking hilarious. That was a little bit trippy. Uh, I do think one of the best uh, Easter eggs, though, because it is only for people that know about it. You know that Thor has been a frog before, or there's a frog yeah, Thor. Well, he's been actually, but he's been a frog twice. Mm-hmm. And then they've even given so one time Loki actually turned him into a frog. Yeah. So him, and then there was uh, then there was the the frog Thor with Frogilnir. Well, yeah, and there is a there is a now a dedicated like animal that they've had team up with uh, some of the other animals. Um, God, like, it's not Thor, right? the The frog Thor has nothing to do like well, not nothing to do with not with the main he's Thor. Not, he's not like Thor changed into a frog. He's a whole other character. Yeah, but Thor was once turned into a frog by Loki. Yes. Now, did you know that scene originally had actually a scene filmed, which I I want hopefully is on the DVD, um, because uh, the director wanted to, and I I felt like I'm glad that they didn't do it, but they had actually that scene filmed out as him being a kid picking up a snake and then it stabbing him because they were going to do or try to do throughout the movie like five or six of these like remembering when like remember when loki tried to kill me in this way and like almost like a family right. guy joke which i, right. I hearing it i thought that would have been that would have been kind of funny the more they did it but then it they even realized though it, it it didn't suit it well so even though they had some ideas for more jokes it also played out quite well of, of thor just talking about it and loki there just smiling like yeah that happened yeah Good times. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, there was a lot to pack into that movie. You know, you hear about lots of cool stuff that should have went in movies that didn't get a chance. Like, look at one of the fa- most famous ever deleted scenes is Luke building his lightsaber, right? Mm-hmm. Fully, fully shot that scene, and people love that scene, but it didn't make it in. So, you know, yep. Uh, one of the one of the things too was the Revengers. That that was another. Uh, group that's been formed before in multiple different times in the book so like just them calling themselves that was kind of you know kind of homage to to some more easter eggs within it was funny now jeff goldblum was my favorite of the whole movie he was my favorite thing about the entire movie was jeff goldblum's performance was so goldblum he out goldblumed himself (laughs) But yes, he it did. It was insane. It was so perfect. I've never seen him have that much fun with a role. Like, you could tell he had a blast doing oh, that. Yeah. And I hope that he doesn't get his comeuppance in the end because I hope he's still around. Um, just even, I loved how they, they had established, okay, you know how you always have in movies the scene of, like, the person walking and explosion in the background and it's, like, cool looking? I love that, yeah. A, they're, they're on his party uh, ship. And that they already established that there's fireworks, so when Valkyrie comes out, it's yeah. malfunctioning <laughs> and going off. And I was like, "That's like that's cinematography genius," and mm. I really like that. But he he was 
very essential. The best was when she comes off the ship the first time and she's drunk and oh, she falls yeah. off the ramp. <laughs> well, she was an amazing character too, and even her past yeah. story of fighting Hela, I felt there was another small Easter egg of Brunhild, who being the blonde that like saved her, who was another uh, very infamous uh, Asgardian throughout the Thor books. Um, obviously, it was Asgardian one who died. They didn't really name her, but. Um, right. it's the small things that you notice throughout the movies. And I almost wonder too, cause like Thor's lost his hammer. His hammer's been destroyed before. And that's where he's got Stormbreaker, which then created Beta Ray Bill. We obviously already see that Beta Ray Bill is established in this world. And I mean, I don't know if Thor, him losing that hammer was a big part of him. Like the, the opening scene of him wreaking havoc why uh, he's not the god of hammers tony <laughs> i but he was always you know brought back by that and so to see him then realize yeah he is the god of thunder i thought was a good stepping stone for his character but that first battle was sweet and what he did to stop that dragon was also yeah, amazing yeah. like just remember you know the hammer can pretty much stop anything so put it in the mouth well that was kind of foreshadowing that's where they were like okay let's really we're gonna lose the hammer so we gotta it's gotta go out on a high point like we're gonna really show what the hammer can do hardcore so people are like oh yeah the fucking hammer rocks that's right oh and then they've ripped it away from us so (laughs) the the last that was the pure storytelling 101 yeah and the last battle and i don't know why i always go to this other character whenever i think of like lightning bolt fighting but i always think of uh raiden from um mortal Kombat, right because he was the you know god of thunder and that obviously they're two that's different... funny because i was thinking highlander both starring christopher lambert oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> god that yeah it, that would have been there's cool. a lot of lightning during the quickening too yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was the quickening he got he well, no. It would have been kind of, yeah, if Odin had just died and then he got the lightning power. That could have been a cool that reference. Be bad. Nice. <laughs> now, um, I do want to say before going on that um, one of the best, like, after Ragnarok stories that in the comic books that I truly loved and, and need to talk about, because it's also kind of the theme of this movie of what is Asgard, um, it's the people. And after one of the many cycles, uh, Asgard landed in Bronxton, Oklahoma. Right. And that that story um, from J. Michael uh, Trzinski was one of the... I was reading Thor a little bit before then, but it is one of the best, like, need-to-read Thor stories, besides the Jason Aaron ones that he's done recently... Um, this is back in Thor Volume Three, like issues one through like twelve or thirteen, where you see, yeah, heaven on earth or Asgard on earth, and you know there's no Odin, and 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 Freya takes over, and it's Asgardia. Um, it's a really good one, and one of the big things that I loved about that book was there was uh, one Asgardian who named Kelda who fell in love with a human. And the human died. His name was Bill. And he really became like a fan favorite of many people reading that book that they later wrote him being up in Valhalla with all the other like warriors and everything because he died trying to save Asgard. And 
which was a cool fitting end for a fictional character that people, you know, attach themselves to within, you know, the Thor universe. Um, sure. And, yeah, so there's, like I said, Ragnarok happens. Ragnarok's happened before. But I want to go back to what I was talking about a little bit ago. Um, Mark Ruffalo has said that there is going to be a huge story arc, three-movie story arc, now saying that, played out through the next three movies, this being the first one, of Hulk. In the comic books after Planet Hulk, the next big story was World War Hulk, where he came back, found out who sent him to the planet, which was the Illuminati, um, the secret cabal of heroes that were trying to make Bruce, you know, happy, but get him away from Earth, and then someone sabotaged it, and he landed on Sakaar. Right. And that goes into what you were saying about you don't like a talking Hulk, but that is where we get the most powerful Hulk ever, um, Worldbreaker Hulk, who is... There's Mr. Fix-It, who is smart, not as strong. Um, I love the mixer, Mr. Fix-It run. I read that run, and I love that character. Well, he's kind of more of a mob boss gambler, and, and you get some other... Yeah. But I love the Worldbreaker Hulk, because, like I said, he's the most powerful, and he's, like, deadly tactician. And I'm almost seeing, and these are just kind of some... Nothing from this movie, but kind of some thoughts of seeing what the next movies could bring about with this whole storyline of Hulk. And that goes into Avengers 3 and 4 and what I kind of predict going there. But I first kind of want to see what you think will happen within those movies. Well, you know, I think Black Panther is going to come along and just be a story within to itself. And it may touch on Infinity War. Who knows? It looks like Thor Ragnarok goes straight into Infinity War. Um, but then we have a couple spacey movies, don't we? Like, because what we have lined up after that is uh, Captain Marvel. Yep. Uh, Guardians three. Yep. And uh, I don't know what else. Like. You know, how much longer are we going to be on Earth? How much more are we going to be on Earth for? How much of Infinity War 2 will be on Earth, right? So how much Hulk on Earth will there be? It's hard to say what's going to go down because of, you know, what they're talking. Like, what projects do they – they don't have tons of stuff. Like, there's going to be another Spider-Man probably, right? Yeah. So things are going to have to turn. Things are going to go new. Everybody's expecting Cap to die and for Bucky to take over as Captain America, and you're going to have a whole new Avengers team. That I definitely see happening, kind of. But my thoughts, and this all goes to originally when they had this being called uh, Infinity War 1 and 2, and they've since renamed them Avengers 3 Infinity War and then untitled Avengers 4, and how right. Disney and Marvel have said they're two separate movies. Yeah. But, like, all these movies have been separate. They're all connected. And I feel that they can't have Thanos coming to Earth and beating him up within one movie. I just, I don't see him collecting all the stones within, like, the first, you know, half hour to then have it resolved. So I think within Avengers 3, then they've already talked that he has his Black Order. So I see that Avengers 3 is going to be more of the Black Order going to Earth, searching for these these gems. Some of the heroes have them, so you're going to see some of them using some of them. 
maybe some of them are going to be transported in time. Maybe some of them are going to go here out in space. But at the end of it, though, we're going to see some Avengers dead, crushed, and finally Thanos has that gauntlet. What I then yeah, see... Vision, Vision, my kid thinks Vision's toast. Oh, well, yeah, they can always rebuild. Bigger, faster, stronger. But but isn't the mind gem what gives him the... Not gives him the, like, the power... Well, oh, yeah, that, well, that powers him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what makes him so righteous and able to lift Thor's hammer and shit like that is because of the gem, right? No, so. I mean, Vision has always just been a good... Even though he was born from Ultron, it's Yeah, just, but you're going all comics. You gotta remember, this is a movie world true. now, right? But I think... It was the mind gem that gave him life. Without the mind true. gem, there is no vision. But I think these movies are still more connected than Marvel's trying to make it out to be because I do see Cap's death. I do see these deaths. And where uh, people have speculated then this World War Hulk uh, coming about um, on Earth, how do you get the Hulk that mad? And what if he, you know, he's obviously in love with Black Widow. What if you have her death? And her death is the catalyst that pushes him to his strongest because he's the most angry now. So now at the end of this movie, you have Worldbreaker Hulk, who can be toe-to-toe with some of these gods that are come down to steal all these gems. I see from there, within the fourth movie, them breaking up the, the Infinity Gauntlet or someone getting it and then putting right what, what went wrong, you know, and Deus Ex Machia and... Poof, all those people are born, reborn again, heroes reborn. That's my thought of what's going to happen within the Avengers movie, but... Probably I, be something like that, for sure. I don't think Infinity War is going to end on a good note. Yeah, that's the thing. I It, it, it can't, because then you have the next yeah. Avengers movies with this group, and then I think they will give up the mantle. Now, obviously, after the next Infinity War, I'll probably do another podcast speaking speculation about what I think the next one is going to be. But I also, the idea that I said I'd come back to um, that, that I got while recording this is this. Loki has a space gem. What has been talked about within the trailer, which was, um, I think, debuted at D23 or at Comic-Con, you know, for select people to see the Avengers Infinity War trailer, they have said that Thor shows up on Thanos' ship that's what the ship that shows up at the end of this movie in the post credit scene and saying that he's the only survivor. That means that Asgard of the people, their whole ship is dead. Or, no, he shows up on the Milano, sorry. He shows up yeah. uh, with the Guardians uh, and says that everyone's dead. I'm almost wondering if he gets warped out of there, Loki uses that gem to transport everyone to Earth, and somehow... That, hey, that could happen. He's got the Tesseract, right? Yeah. So he, maybe he saves all the Asgard people, but Thor, you know, gives cover and gets left yeah. behind or something. Or, I don't know. I, 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 I do or like... maybe Loki even leaves Thor behind because he figures he can take over Earth again or take <laughs> yeah. over Asgard on Earth or he freaks out because he doesn't think Earth's going to welcome him you know so who knows well yeah interesting things to come though for sure i like and i like speculating the one thing i don't like though is actually knowing i stayed away from these trailers as much as i could in fact the the new star wars movie coming out in a couple weeks 
I've not watched a single trailer until I was forced to at the beginning of this movie because those are some of those movies I want to be surprised about. Um, I want to go in with a fresh set of eyes and just not, you know, have anything ruined for me, which a lot of trailers do nowadays. Um, but I, I, I think a good ending note is kind of the what they've said, though. Asgard is the people. And I thought it was touching, as I've already talked about uh, how they've brought Asgard to Earth in Oklahoma, that Odin wanted them to go to Norway. Right, right. Where the Norse mythology has come from. Right. So I thought that was a really kind of cool fitting um, place to have Asgard on Earth. And who knows if it will be established or not within Thanos coming to Earth. Um, Who knows if they even make it, man. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. But Jay, man, you got anything else that you want to talk about this movie about? Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything about it. Um, excited to see what comes in the future. He's going to be an interesting Thor in Infinity Wars, that's for sure. That is true. Yeah. Well, man, uh, you want to sign us off? Uh, next week, kids, Justice League. <laughs> That's true. Stay thirsty Sorry. for Justice League. I'm very, very, very excited. Um, also, uh, tomorrow on An Elegant Weapon, check out Session 8 of 30 Podcasts in 30 Days featuring Tony McKay telling all about his trip to Oktoberfest. And we're going so to time be- travel because I'll probably post this a day later, so check out yesterday's episode eight when i post mine yeah check out yesterday's episode eight there's tony and jay everywhere all (laughs) over the place (laughs) we're taking over your earbuds nice yeah this was uh tons of fun thank you so much sir thank you man talk to you later take it easy kids good night